The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. So there's going to be an enormous amount of attention on the Galway forward Shane Walsh this weekend playing for Kilmacud Croaks in the All-Ireland Senior Football Club Final against Glen from Derry. Of course, he transferred from Killeran Clonburn in Galway to Kilmacud earlier, or back in 2022, and is now getting his reward in an All-Ireland Final. But it does highlight the whole issue about player movement, but also the facilities and the playing numbers available to urban clubs as against small rural clubs. And there's a fascinating series underway in the Irish Times at present by Sean Moran and Gordon Manning. And we've asked Sean Moran, the Irish Times GA correspondent, to join us. Sean, thank you very much for joining us. I suppose this does, doesn't it, exemplify the issue of players moving between clubs, not just maybe at his age, but at earlier ages because of demographic demographic moves. Tell us about the extent of the issue. Yeah, I mean, I think with Shane Walsh, the the situation is that he happens to be in Dublin at the moment, and uh, I don't think he's, I don't, I, I don't think he feels that it's necessarily going to be a, a permanent move on on, on his part. Uh, but it 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 shone, it shone a light on it because, of course, his profile was so high after the All Ireland final last year. But I think the problem for rural clubs is more the the, the permanent departure of, of of local population of of players who go to you know not just Dublin and and, and the big uh, and the big cities, but even the, the nearest rural centres of population, which can be just that bit too far away to, to maintain an, an involvement in the club and over the, the period of, of time, uh, it is really helping to undermine uh, rural clubs who would have traditionally been strong and been able to you know, maintain a presence uh, within their counties. And how much of that comes almost even as well from local policies in relation to one-off housing that traditionally maybe people were able to build a house on a bit of land that the family owned, that this is often stopped now and so they go and live because of government policy encouraging people to live together in towns and villages. Yeah, that's that's a huge issue, Matt, with the the clubs that themselves in in in, in rural areas because, because they feel that whatever chance they have of holding on to a, a population, you know, which would make uh, the community and and the, the J club sustainable, that when you can't provide even that even that basic. And I know that it's kind of entirely contrary, probably, to, to the modern drift of of planning policy and that, as you say, which is towards you know. A, big populations built around services and that. But it means that uh, the depopulation in those areas um, uh, has been definitely exacerbated. Now, obviously, things like uh, the ability of, of clubs to, they don't really have a say in this, but whether industries or businesses set up and can maintain some sort of employment which might give them a critical mass uh, going forward is also uh, an issue. But you're right, that that issue of planning is a very sore point in a a lot of rural communities. Then also prompts two other thoughts. One is that you suddenly have playing facilities that are underused. And secondly, that the GA club as a focal point in a community is in danger of being diluted. Yes, because in 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 most club areas, uh, the the club does play that role, and it was it was probably highlighted during the pandemic when the clubs got involved in in, in various things. 
things around the community, like there was the delivering of, of groceries and, and that sort of thing, or even the opening of the clubs as... Uh, People go for a walk exercise. around the pitches. Yeah, for a walk, yeah, exactly. Because a lot of clubs have those walkways around their around their premises. And uh, when they were opened up um, during the various phases of, of, un- of unlocking these these things, they had a big impact in, in, in areas. And you do have the, 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 the central problem that a lot of rural clubs have have, have great facilities uh, you know because they've they've, they've 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 built them up and I suppose the availability of land is is easier for them uh, than it would be for for urban clubs but in urban areas whereas you won't always have uh, facilities and in fact you know in a city like Dublin the the squeeze on on recreational spaces um, is, is is severe and I think but that they came have across membership yeah that came across very much in the example of Nafina in the north side of Dublin playing on 12 different venues all over to try and accommodate the 4,000 members. Yeah, and that and that's basically poses a question. I mean, we talk about uh, the rural clubs and the impact on their communities and how they are that, that focal point, but it, it's not really the same in, in, in an urban area where you know the, the, the teams and, and the players—they're uh, not gathered around the one the one local area, but they're 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 travelling to all sorts of uh, places just to locate uh, a place to train or, or, or to play. I mean, out around here, Kula, uh, one of their training grounds actually isn't in the county; it's in it's in Wicklow, Bray Emmett's club. So you know, the, 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 you we have this thing in in Dublin and and presumably in other built-up areas where the facilities that you need to keep the, the, the play going is so spread out that it, it that, that it's kind of cuts contrary to the whole idea of, of community and being gathered around, you know, a focal point. It also means people are having to drive an awful lot of distances, which goes against the green agenda as well. Although one of the things we were discussing in yesterday's programme was the use of sports clubs as charging points, perhaps, for electric cars in the future. A lot of them might take that up. But it also brings up the issue then about the provision by the state of playing pitches, because maybe this again is something that in continental Europe in particular, you get loads of shared municipal facilities does the state here just effectively give grants to sporting organisations such as the GAA, also the IRFU, the FAI, to go and sort out their own, sort of abdicating responsibility for providing playing facilities? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, um, I suppose that's a sort of a, that's an aspect of, of Irish life over 100 years that the, yeah, that the, the, the clubs are, are sports specific. You don't have what we refer to say in in, in in Europe. The you know municipal sports centres that are used by by everyone. And just as you know, you, you could argue that like education was contracted out to the the, the church and to an extent health health services that uh, recreational services were just contracted out to the to the, to the private private organisations that, that that run them. And the problem is that in built up city areas, um, the former president John Horne had. I had this phrase which sums it up that that that, that green goes grey, but grey never goes green. Uh, in other words, that recreational uh, or amenities, recreational amenities are often uh, taken up for re- redevelopment. Uh, and but once they're redeveloped, they never go back to being recreational areas again. And therefore, you've a you've a you've an extreme shortage uh, around uh, areas of population of these sort of. Uh, 
facilities which are important to, you know, to the, the well-being of the communities living in those areas. And one other thing while we have time, because there is so much in this series, I'd love to talk to you about more depth. But just one final point, with the growth particularly in women's GAA and at younger levels, I mean, the amount of young girls now taking up uh, football and camogie is astonishing and it's brilliant. Uh, but it also is creating its own issues, isn't it, in relation to the availability of pitches for matches and for training? Yeah, that's that's very true. And uh, although there's a there's a fair wind behind the whole idea uh, of of integration and bringing together the three organisations, the GA, the, the Camogie, and, and women's football, that, uh, that there's no no one's under any, any illusions that this is just a straightforward amalgamation process because you, you you're going to have to uh, provide facilities and the facilities that the GA have, although they that they share when possible. If if everyone is in the one organisation, well, then everyone should have equal call on them. And the the facilities the GA has don't look at the moment to be to be up to that that level of usage. And therefore, there is a and in Dublin in particular, there's a, there's quite a dependence on on things like you know school facilities and public parks. So yeah, the the, the involvement, uh, the, the the welcome involvement, and it's very, it's very welcome from the GA point of view. In, in in a lot of the rural areas we're talking about, the involvement of women has helped to maintain, you know, both numbers and and and, play, and teams play, playing uh, members. So it's it, it whereas it's welcome, it's also a challenge to find the facilities to to, to accommodate that. There's so much in this series that is on the Irish Times website. Uh, Sean Moran, Irish Times GA correspondent, thank you so much for being with us here on the programme today. The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.